Hello and welcome to the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. I'm Siobhan Booth and I am your host. This podcast is for anyone with an interest in mental health, overcoming anxiety and building confidence. Hello and welcome. This week I'm going to be talking about uh, overcoming self-doubt and there's a specific reason for the timing of this particular topic. And I'm going to use today as a bit of an opportunity to tell you guys um, a little bit about me and how I got here, why it's so important to me, and also give you some suggestions and some ideas for how you can overcome self-doubt. Now, the reason self-doubt is so important to me personally is because when I was 18, I went off to do a master's degree. And unfortunately, I found the environment to be completely overwhelming. I had the usual problems that you get with people while you're there. And I struggled massively with anxiety and depression while I was there. Having failed my degree, which was the first time I'd really failed at anything, I found that a lot of self-doubt started creeping in. So this was the point at which I myself started learning about cognitive behavioural therapy about hypnosis, about mindfulness, and some NLP techniques as well, and started using those things to help myself. So a few years later, I decided that the degree was still unfinished business, and I was going to find a way to go back and actually complete it. So I approached the Open University with the modules that I'd done. I found out how much they were prepared to honour those modules, and started planning to complete my degree, which meant going back into a degree um, at a roughly second year level, having spent several years not studying. So for me, that was where self-doubt started creeping in massively. I started thinking things like, am I really capable of this? Am I really up to this? It's been years since I've studied, and last time I failed. All of these self-doubts creeping in and making quite a significant impact So for me personally, it took me quite a long time, even after getting the credits transferred to the Open Uni, to actually go ahead and start studying again and sign up. And it was because of self-doubt. So obviously this was something I had to overcome in order to finish this degree. And there's a few different things that I've learned along the way. Partly CBT um, techniques, and I'll talk through one but also partly personal techniques that I've realised that I know other people talk about, but now that I have personal first-hand experience of, I feel like I can talk about them in a bit more of a a real way. So the story has a happy ending. On Saturday, I graduated. I did my first ever graduation ceremony. I had to walk on the stage, um, although I have to say it was a relief not to have to say anything while I was up there, so at least I didn't have to worry about that. I got to do the whole robes and the pictures and everything like that. And if you've been on any of my social media, then you'll know that um, the graduation ceremony was fantastic. So that's the happy ending to my story of overcoming self-doubt. So here are my few tips for you guys to take home and see if you can overcome some of your self-doubts. Now, the first thing I realised, and probably the most important thing I realised was to make a conscious effort to not compare yourself to other people, particularly in terms of accomplishments. 
because it's very easy to fall into that trap of by this age I'm supposed to do my A-levels, by this age I'm supposed to do my degree, by this age I'm supposed to have a, a good job in London, by this age I'm supposed to have kids and be married and do all of this. But actually that's not how it works in real life. Real life is messy and it gets complicated and things get in the way and sometimes things don't work as well as they could. So you have to really try hard not to compare yourself. After failing my degree, both of my younger siblings went through and got their degrees. One of them now has a master's as well. And it was really hard not to compare my lack of achievements with their perceived um, better achievements. And they were good achievements, of course. But you have to have the awareness and confidence in yourself to say, I'll do these things when the time is right for me. When I feel confident and capable of doing them. And making sure that you're not worrying too much about other people's accomplishments and comparing yourself in a negative way. So another tip that I have for you is to not overthink decisions. It took me so many months to sign back up to the OU because I was constantly thinking, do I have time for this? Um, am I going to be able to study? All of these, these thoughts that were going through my mind. If I'd just made the decision to just do it, I would have worked it out. And that's easy to say now that I have. At the time, obviously, I didn't think about that. But try really hard not to overthink decisions, because the longer we take to make a decision, the more those thoughts have time to get into your brain and start permeating throughout everything. So if you're trying to make a decision about study, if you're trying to make a decision about going for a job, if you're trying to make a decision about anything that is important and you feel would further your life or make you happier in some way, make sure you notice when you're procrastinating from making that decision. And don't overthink it. Give yourself permission as well to change your mind. Just because you've made a decision doesn't mean that in future, if you have better information, you can't change it back. So give yourself permission to make decisions and change your mind as well. And the other thing is, you can always change the journey as you go. I initially had a really clear idea about what I wanted to study with OU, but after doing my first um, module, I found that I was interested in something else. After studying some of the psychology aspects, I found that I was a lot more interested in social psychology and how we exist within society than what I originally thought I'd be interested in. So you can change your path you can adapt things as you go to make it more interesting, more fun, whatever it is that's important to you. So don't compare your accomplishments to other people. Make decisions. Try not to procrastinate over doing it. And my next one is learn to control those thoughts. I mean, if any of you are clients of mine, um, which there are a few in this group, if there are any of you that have ever been through CBT, then that is the whole premise of CBT is to learn to control your thoughts. So those thoughts that I said to you at the start, the what if I can't do this? What if I'm not up to studying anymore? What if I don't have time? What if I don't have the money? All of these things. Learn how to stop those thoughts. And there's a really good process that you can go through. I'm a very process-oriented person. And it's called STOP. S-T-O-P-P. -P. And it helps you to imagine a stop sign. Um, if you drive the red hexagonal I think with the words stop written across them but with an extra p imagine that 
So whenever you notice that all these thoughts are running around your mind constantly, stressing you out, making you question yourself, making you doubt yourself, making you wonder if you're really up to it, say the word in your mind, stop. That's the first step, stop. And then take a breath, slow it all down, calm everything down, take a breath. That's a good time to focus on any self-hypnosis that you've learned, any mindfulness that you've learned, any of these breathing techniques, skills, whatever it is that works for you. But take that breath. And then observe. Observe what's going on here. Have a rational conversation in your mind about it. Do the cost-benefit analysis. Is this thought helping me? Is this thought realistic? Is there a better way of looking at this? And that leads me very nicely onto perspective. Take an overriding view of the situation, the thing that you're trying to make a decision about. Take an overarching view and consider what somebody else might think in that situation. Consider what advice you might give a friend in that situation. And finally, practice what works. So practice is the final P. Whatever that is for you, if it's continuing hypnosis, great. If it's mindfulness, that's absolutely great. Whatever works for you, taking your mind off things, going for a run, um, whatever it is, any healthy habit that will help you take your mind off the situation and calm everything down. So that's the stop. It's quite a well-used technique in CBT. Um, so it's one that's worth practising. Go through that process every single time you start to notice all of those thoughts going round and round your mind, stressing you out, making you feel like you're not worth it, making you feel all these negative, negative things. So don't compare your accomplishments. Uh, what was the other one? Try not to overthink decisions. Learn to control your thoughts, which is a big thing in any situation anyway. But also, and this is a bit of a bitter pill to swallow... Remember that people don't really care. People don't really care that much. Other people are obsessed with their own lives and their own stresses and their own struggles. So this really um, applies to people who feel like they're going to be judged. So occasionally I thought, what if you just think I'm really stupid? What if people think I'm really stupid? What if people judge the fact that I'm going through the open uni because it's not a proper university? What if people judge the fact that I'm putting up graduation pictures at the age of 30? Worrying about other people's judgment. But for the most part, people don't care that much. I've had a very positive response to my graduation, which is fantastic. It's really, really nice. And it's really encouraging. But for most people, they'll carry on with their lives. And it won't be something that they really remember that much. So be aware that other people are in their own heads, in their own space. They're probably not judging you as much as you possibly think. So that's another one. Making sure that you understand that people have their own time and their own space and they probably don't care as much about the things that you do as you will because it's your life. You're the only person that is going to care about those things. So that leads me on to another one. Avoid mind reading if you're struggling with self-doubt. And this is very, very common. Um, mind reading is also a cognitive distortion. So something uh, negative that you think. And an example of this would be if somebody is a bit snappy at work, you automatically assume that it's something that you've done or that they don't like you or that they're thinking something negative about you. But you don't actually know what they're thinking. You don't know what's going on in their life. They might be having problems with their marriage. They might be having problems with their kids. All sorts of other things might be going on in that situation. So try very hard not to mind read. 
Don't put that negative onto somebody else without having any evidence for it. So if you're somebody that thinks everybody else thinks you're stupid, everybody else is judging you, everybody else um, has opinions about you that you think are negative, then you're mind reading because you don't know until someone says it. So make a conscious effort to avoid mind reading. We talked through the process of stopping thoughts. So go back, listen to that, practice it over and over again, because that is the best way to make sure that those thoughts don't continue to a point where they make everything really stressful and really upsetting. Learn to rephrase your failures. We're all scared of failure. I mean, it's a natural thing, isn't it? We don't want to look stupid. Uh, We don't want to make a fool of ourselves. We don't want people to see us as failures. But actually, failure is not a bad thing. My failure was horrific. Going through that was the most horrendous thing that's ever happened to me in my life. But actually, when you rephrase it and look back on it, it was actually a really positive learning experience. It wasn't at the time. It felt awful. But when you look back on it, actually, there was so much to gain from that experience because I learned so much about how to study. I learned so much about how to find something that means something to me so that I'm motivated to study, so that I enjoy studying So find that. Rephrase the failure. Think of it as a learning opportunity. There are so many things that we don't do because we doubt ourselves. We think we're going to fail and we fear that failure. There's two things to that, isn't there? One, it might not fail. Two, even if it does, even if it's the worst case possible, then you'll have learned something from that situation. And at least you would have tried. At least you would have tried something. So learn to rephrase failure because for the most part, it is not the end of the world. You can always learn, you can always bounce back, you can always try again. And this is something that I hear from other business owners quite a lot. They're scared of doing stuff, trying stuff, trying new marketing techniques, and they're just scared of failure. And it's a completely understandable feeling because I still get it too sometimes. It can be really scary. You put yourself out there and you hope that it's going to work, but you don't ultimately know. But if you can acknowledge that even if things go wrong, you'll be able to learn from them and move on, then failure doesn't necessarily have to be that scary a thing. So learn to rephrase your failures. Whenever you look back on past failures, if you still feel that humility or whatever it was that you felt at the time about it, make yourself think about the positives from that situation because there will be some. There will be positive things that you've learned from every single failure in your life. In fact, it'd be really cool to comment below if you have learned something along the way that you think other people would find useful, because that would be an incredible way to help other people who are watching this understand how much everybody fails in their life. Even the people you think are really successful, who you think are perfect at everything, have the perfect life, they will have things that they failed at that make them feel rubbish. There will be something. They may not tell you, they may not put it on Facebook, but there will be something. So don't get into that trap of thinking that everybody else is perfect and you're the only one that messes things up. Because that's just not true. I promise. Promise, promise, promise. And my final one, my final tip for overcoming self-doubt is to celebrate the wins. Even if they're tiny, tiny little things, celebrate them. 
Make sure that you're including your friends, your family, whoever you're close to. It doesn't have to be everybody. Just the people that are really important and close to you. Make sure that you're celebrating those things. It was easy to say with my graduation that there was no point doing it. But actually, it's so important to celebrate those things and to feel that pride that you've done something because that then feeds into future self-confidence, self-belief, knowledge that you can overcome things, knowledge you can do things. So celebrate the little wins, even if it's as small as just acknowledging to yourself that something you did today was pretty cool. So that's another thing you can comment below. You can comment something you've done today, which is pretty cool. Don't be shy in this group. We all understand how hard it is, how hard it is to be uh, positive about yourself and to say that you're good at something. But give it a go. Tell us what you've been good at today. So those are all of my suggestions to try for overcoming self-doubt. I know personally I found them very, very useful. It's been so important to not compare to friends and family and people who appear to have achieved more. But it's also been really important to have those internal processes to learn how to control thoughts because as I've said on numerous videos now thoughts go to feelings which goes to actions and it becomes a cycle that we practice over and over again so if we're having negative thoughts they lead to negative feelings they lead to negative actions so learn to control that learn to stop and go back and listen to how to do the stop process and practice it over and over again Thank you for listening to this episode of the Anxiety to Confidence podcast. You can find more information and my extensive blog at www.anxietytoconfidence.com. That's the number two, anxietytoconfidence.com.